Hello, my friend. I am so excited to come back to you today and follow on this last episode where we talked about my top tips for early healing and guidance on how to ease back in exercise postpartum, restoring our core and pelvic floor, returning in such a way that allows us to build a strong foundation for lifting, for running, for more, everything we want to get back to. And I know after we give birth, when it comes to getting back into shape, so many of us just end up thinking, okay, I just had a baby. Now what? (laughs) You know, we almost don't even know where to begin. I hope that was a really helpful episode for you. And today what we're going to do is we're going to dive back in to the rest of the recommended timeline for how to optimize your recovery. So if you want to confidently return to running, to lifting, to CrossFit, to training for the military fitness test, rucking, or if you want to physically and mentally build up to performance or competitions like marathons, Ironmans, any of these things that I've coached women through, what to do if you're dealing with symptoms like leaking pee when running, jumping or lifting, and to know how and when you can be ready to push yourself again and to keep improving postpartum, this episode is for you. And I know it's not easy to get back to where we want to be postpartum, but I truly believe that our athleticism, our fitness, our potential, it does not have to end when motherhood begins. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. All right, we're gonna start with three to six months and also interweave in here a discussion about symptoms, a little bit of mindset, and my top tips for how to navigate those times when you do start to experience some uncomfortable sensations or some uncomfortable symptoms that can be a little bit discouraging. So I'm going to review where we left off from last time. What's the secret to a successful return postpartum? It's really applying this principle of progressive overload. And what does that mean? It basically means easing back into all the things that we want to get back to and we're dying to get back to. So we want to allow our body to learn, control, load, and then explode. But so many of us, we enter, you know, our early postpartum season, we get to the six week mark. And by then we're so, so ready to begin again most of the time. And we have very little guidance for what to do between when we first give birth to that six week mark before our doctor's clearance. So we're kind of left hanging there, right? So we wait and it feels like forever to finally receive that all clear from our doctor. And usually for most of us, that happens pretty automatically. But then we have no accompanying guidance on how we actually return. Usually it's no more than, okay, just listen to your body, ease back in, you know, you can do what you were doing before, just take it easy. And it's like, what does that really mean? You know, there's no way I, I'm, I can do everything I could do before, right? And so we don't have this full evaluation of where we stand on our core and pelvic floor health, you know, our strength, our function. And so without that, a medical clearance does not necessarily equate to a full athletic clearance. It really should be this progression instead of jumping from zero to 100 straight to that kind of load and explode phase without any rehab or progression we have to start by rebuilding our foundation again so before we go out there and and hit the pavement on a run or before we just head to the gym and start trying to figure out how much we can lift again our bodies need that chance to relearn to gain greater control because our bodies have changed and so we have to regain that control in our new body 
And this is what protects our healing and prevents us from kind of sacrificing the long-term health for a, a quick bounce back, which ultimately can turn into a lot of complications down the road if we aren't careful. And so what does this general timeline look like that I want you to keep in mind? About zero to two weeks, start that breath, core, pelvic floor reconnection, the gentle short walks if you're up for it. Focus on healing and rest though. The first couple weeks, don't give yourself a lot of pressure to get back out there even walking too much. Just really prioritize your rest and your bonding with your baby. Ease back into life with a newborn. Then two to four weeks, that's when I really want you to start focusing on a little bit more intensive rehab. So again, breath, core, pelvic floor awareness and coordination. You know, start to progress your walking a bit if you want a little bit more challenge. Some simple, slow, very low intensity body weight movements like bridges, squats, squats to a box or chair. Those kinds of things can be really helpful during this phase and they can mimic our daily life demands like squatting down to the toilet or getting up and down from the chair or the couch. Then four to six weeks, we can continue this and then start to introduce a few more exercises that are low load and low intensity. And this is where we can start to reintroduce some of those alternative low impact cardio, like stationary bike or rower or elliptical, the things that we're comfortable with. Then week six through 12 and beyond, that can really be about progressively strengthening across our whole body and also increasing our body's readiness to return to running, to return to jumping, to return to our unit physical training, CrossFit, whatever we want to get back to. And so keys here, right? Corn pelvic floor rehab is king. This is the time that we're most vulnerable. Our bodies are most vulnerable. I want to tell you a couple stats on how common core and pelvic health complications are, because these are things that it's either kind of made to be almost a joke and like a, a new normal we have to accept as moms, or it's just not talked about and it kind of blindsides so many of us. And so the truth is symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction are so common after pregnancy and childbirth. 100% of moms have diastasis recti at the 35-week mark of pregnancy and beyond. 50 to 70% of moms still display signs of this after childbirth, which often we refer to as a mommy pooch. Up to 50% of moms deal with accidental peeing and leaking. 92% of women who experience incontinence at three months postpartum still do five years later. So again, that just goes to show the importance of proactive support if you're experiencing these things. More than 50% of moms have pain with sex postpartum. I'm going to do an entire episode on that because it's something I dealt with for a long time and I know so many of us suffer in silence through this, but you shouldn't have to. And then C-section moms are two to three times more likely to suffer from painful sex. Okay, so wow, like these are some really intense stats, right? And the thing is, so many of us push through these thinking we're just going to have to deal with them forever. And I know I thought all of these things were either all just normal and kind of the cost of having a baby. And I sucked it up for a really long time the first time around until one, I learned that there's pelvic health specialists out there, like that's actually a thing and that I don't have to deal with this all by myself. And then I also was in such a valley in my mental health and I finally learned I don't have to accept this and that there's no shame in asking for help. You deserve better too. And I want to be here to support you and I want you to also know that my program is designed to stop your symptoms from getting worse or to prevent them altogether. I do not want your core and your pelvic floor to be the thing that holds you back like it was for me for so long as I navigated it my first time around postpartum. I don't want the complications, the challenges or the stress of physical recovery to kind of dig you deep into a hole mentally or emotionally or deeply impact your relationship with exercise or your job if you're in the military like it did for me. It led me to now what I can see was postpartum depression and a ton of anxiety surrounding our daily fitness sessions, and it honestly nearly drove me out of the army. 
And I know many of you probably just want to get back to what you love and what you need to do, frankly, without peeing yourself, or always being worried about whether you're going to be able to get through it in one piece or keep up. And the truth is, these things are all risk factors for postpartum depression. So you deserve to know how to build a strong foundation very proactively to prevent this kind of pelvic floor dysfunction and pain, and to also have that avenue to get support if you need it, instead of hoping and praying it's going to go away while just sucking it up in the meantime. And so if you're a mom who's caring for your baby or your family while learning how much you need care too, I see you and I'm here to support you. If you envisioned a quick bounce back and now you're seeing that that may have been pretty unreasonable, I'm here for you and I understand. If you're a mom who's learning your body and fitness isn't the mark of whether you're a good enough mom or whether you're a good enough soldier or athlete, Or if you're doing the hard work of reframing your expectations and beliefs, I'm here for you. And God has greater plans for you. So your long-term health, your well-being is worth it. Your peace of mind is worth it. You can approach your return to exercise without fear or overwhelm, especially when you have knowledgeable guidance and support on your side. When you are healthy and whole, you are that much better able to pour into your family in the way that you're meant to and to be the mother that you really desire to be, the mother that you can be the athlete that you can be. So in all of this, the fourth trimester, early postpartum, it's such a time of permission. So give yourself a lot of grace, allow yourself that space and time to heal. You know, what may seem like a shortcut oftentimes is going to actually prolong our healing process. So I know it's hard, but just surrender your pride. You have nothing to prove during this time. Give yourself as much time as you can early on, especially to heal and focus on being very intentional in supporting your healing. And again, you don't have to do this alone. The postpartum program that I've developed guides you step-by-step through early rehab right after you give birth to support your healing process while helping you rebuild the capacity and the confidence and preparing you for much more. It gets you back into lifting. It gets you back into running successfully. It gets you back into rucking even if that's something that you need to do. It helps you restore your diastasis, your core, your pelvic floor. And when it comes to restoring your diastasis, focus on function and integrity of your core over your gap. The gap matters in some ways, but it's not just about the width of the gap. Closing the gap isn't the end-all be-all. The functionality of your core, the integrity of your core, the strength of your core, and its ability to do its job well is actually what matters far more. And there's a lot of different factors that affect the appearance of your core even more than just your linea alba, just the diastasis itself. So a lot of us want to get rid of the diastasis so that, you know, we can flatten our tummy or we can have the appearance of core that we desire to. And I will support you 100% in all of those goals, but I'll support you in such a way that actually focuses on the entire core and not just the area that's affected by diastasis, because that's where we're going to see the most appearance change as well. So now that we've covered zero to 12 weeks in depth and kind of reviewed what we went through last time, again, if you missed the last episode, go back and listen to that for more detail on that part. But once we get to the 12-week mark, the first thing that many of us want to jump back into is running. So that's one thing that we'll discuss. And then the other aspects during this time frame, it's really about progressing into the things that we want to do again. If you're trying to get back to something a little bit more complex or high demand on your body, Think about how can I break this movement down into its simplest parts and then build up almost like a ladder. 
step by step, rung by rung. We don't want to skip over a bunch of parts because then we're not going to build a strong enough base. So when we talk about the three month mark to about the six month mark, I'm going to go through the return to running. I'm also going to cover a little bit more of a deep discussion on symptoms because this is when a lot of these things are popping up and a lot of the times we feel like we're getting stuck. Many times around the three to six month mark, it's when we're trying to get back into our normal routine. We're trying to get back into our normal environments, whether it's returning to our unit, uh, physical training, whether it's returning to our gym setting, our you know group fitness classes, whatever it may be. And we can feel a lot of these different pressures to either you know meet a certain level of performance and feel like ourselves again, and also to not look like we just had a baby, pressure to prove ourselves, to push ourselves even harder, and we can get discouraged because we're like, oh, I should be farther along by now. I don't feel like myself again. And so we just have this desperation almost that comes during this time. And I think such an important part of being confident in how we return and navigating some of these challenges that come up is also the ability to give ourselves grace through it and to know that we're not behind and it's okay to be where we are and to meet ourselves where we are to help us get to where we want to be. When it comes to returning to running, why do we have to wait 12 weeks? That feels like forever. There's no way we have to wait that long, right? So many of us think that. But I will tell you, it's the gold standard across the elite athlete community, across the pelvic health community for a reason. And it's because of what's happening internally in our body and what's happening with the soft tissues that are healing, primarily our core and pelvic floor. So when our brain feels super ready to get back out there, we have to remember that our brain is often ready far before our body actually is. And so I want you to progress to it. I want you to actually do some different assessments for yourself to determine, is my body actually ready for this? Or am I experiencing some symptoms when I kind of test some of the dynamics of running? When I do some single leg hopping, when I run in place, is it ready for the demand of running? And we have to be honest with ourselves about that because it's not worth it to just push through those things in order to try to get back out there sooner, but then we delay ourselves through the process and we're not able to progress once we are out there because we're starting to have to regress a little bit in order to catch ourselves back up because we're experiencing complications. So my fitness guide walks you through a return to running screen that I recommend. And it's a series of exercises that I want you to do to basically assess, can I physically perform this exercise? And then number two, can I perform it without symptoms? And ideally we want both of those things to be a yes before we jump back into running. Because a lot of times we can physically do something, you know, our body's capable of performing that movement, but then we start to experience a little bit of leaking or a little bit of discomfort or heaviness, or we see, oh, this one side of my body is actually way weaker than the other side. You know, when we start to notice those things and what happens when we return um, preemptively before we resolve that foundation is that we end up with a much higher risk of injury and of more complications down the road both in our core and pelvic floor, but also in our lower body. There's a very high rate of lower body injury for postpartum runners for a reason. And it's because we often don't build that foundation enough in the lower body first. So I want you to build that foundation of strength, both for your full body, but also for your core and pelvic floor. That's going to help you be much more resilient when you get out there. So for a push-up, let's just say, or a plank, which are a lot of the demands we have to get back to for our military fitness test, I want you to start with a wall or an incline. And then when you're ready, when you are able to control that pressure with your core, when you're building up that strength, then continue to progress it down to your body weight, down to the ground. So that's an easy way you can progress something like a push-up or a plank. So take some of that weight off by just inclining. 
I have a lot of progressions for when you do return to running in my postpartum program where I guide you in exactly how to ease back into it. Because it's not just about, am I ready to go to get back out there onto the road or onto the trail? It's actually also like, once I'm ready to do that, now how do I do this in such a way that makes my return sustainable? Where I'm actually easing in, how do I know how much to increase my distance and my pace and my time in a way that's going to get me closer to my goals, but also not be too much for my body too soon? And so that's what I guide you through. And even when it comes to things like jumping, I have a whole section of my postpartum program that guides you in how to get more confident in jumping again. Because that's a very, very difficult demand on our bodies after giving birth. And many of us are like, oh, we want to just get back to like a burpee or, you know, jump rope and those kinds of things. And then we start to experience symptoms. We start to experience leaking or it's really uncomfortable for one reason or another. And that's because we don't have kind of a middle ground of how to ease ourselves back into that. And so I show you what those on-ramps can look like. And I also equip you with how to modify and how to adjust based on what you're experiencing personally. That way it meets you exactly where you're at. If you end up dealing with symptoms or if you, if you experience any symptoms that are cropping up as you are returning to fitness or as you're progressing your fitness postpartum, I want to give you four tips, a four-step process here. Number one, pause and reflect. Have you felt this before? How bothersome is it for you? Are you comfortable navigating this? Are you comfortable navigating it on your own or do you need to seek some support? And then I just want to encourage you, you're not stuck. You've got some options here. Steps two through four are going to be some of your options. So the first thing, before you resort to avoiding this movement or decide to just stop an activity or to stop lifting weights or to stop running because you start to experience symptoms, I want you to try to modify. So modify before avoiding. So try to adjust your variables to see if that changes your ability to tolerate the demand. Avoiding completely can actually lead to detraining and actually lower our exercise tolerance further. And so we want to troubleshoot our strategy first. So some things you can change here, I recommend adjusting your breathing, try to exhale on the exertion, and then inhale on the easy part of the movement as you're kind of resetting or the part that's less demanding for you. So for example, in a squat, you'd be inhaling on the way down and you would exhale as you're pushing up from the bottom of the squat because that's the part that's going to be harder on your pelvic floor, on your core. That's the part where you're going to have engaged and really push through that range of motion. And the other thing that you could do for breathing strategy is breathe through the full range of motion with an exhale. So try to experiment a little bit with your breathing. You may notice you were holding your breath or you were really you may have been using like a Valsalva maneuver or something that's a little more complex and maybe your body in your core is not quite ready for that or your pelvic floor. And so it may not be the best way to distribute pressure, but honestly, breathing can be a really great way to control that pressure and to support our core and pelvic floor. So adjust your breathing. Another thing you can adjust is your engagement of your core. Make sure you are actually engaging fully or you can change your body position. Like I said, incline level is a good one. Make sure your form is solid. You can change up your load or your amount of weight that you have, your volume, where or how you're holding tension in your body. Adjust your range of motion, your tempo, your rest time. Each of these can really help us because it's so easy for us to get really freaked out when we all of a sudden bump up against a symptom. But first, if you remember, modify before avoid and try all those different things, I bet you, you will be able to troubleshoot your symptoms much more easily and you won't get so stuck. And if you're leaking, here's a couple of specific tips. So one, don't suck in your stomach. Oftentimes, if we're leaking, we're like, oh, I gotta clench more. 
And so we clench our stomach, we clench, we end up clenching with our pelvic floor as well. And that actually, that tension can end up causing further symptoms because we can't hold that tension all the way. And so we're going to experience some leaking. Lean forward slightly. That can really help. So if you're jump roping or you're running, maybe try to adjust your posture a little bit, lean forward a little bit more. If you're running and you're not able to run without leaking on a flat pavement, try running uphill a little bit. And that's actually less pressure on your core and pelvic floor to start. So it's a really good way to ease into it. Another one is exhaling more often. So if you're lifting in particular and you're leaking with a lift, exhale more often, right? I talked about exhaling during exertion. And then lastly, build your symptom threshold. So we want to build up to it. So maybe you're experiencing leaking when you're running two plus miles, but you're fine up until the two mile mark. So we just have to start getting your body used to a little bit further distance. You have the strength, but now you need the endurance of your pelvic floor as well. And this is what was happening with me. Tip number three, manage your mind. This is so, so important when we experience symptoms. I wish I knew how to do this before because it would have caused, would have helped me minimize the pain that I was experiencing through this. So permission to just feel frustrated, first of all. Give yourself permission to feel whatever emotions it is. Give yourself the time to process that. But know that you don't have to dwell on it. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay stuck in that discouragement or the frustration or embarrassment or whatever it is. And on that note, there's no shame in any of these things. There's no reason to be embarrassed. It's okay. And so many of us experience this, and so you're not alone in it, even though I know you might feel kind of isolated and like it's a little bit of a taboo topic to talk about. But I'm here to change that too, because it shouldn't be taboo. And it's also not the end of the world. So we can oftentimes find ourselves catastrophizing when we start experiencing these sensations or these symptoms, but just remember it's temporary. It doesn't mean necessarily that you've harmed yourself or that you're pelvic floor or your progress is ruined. It doesn't mean you're broken or that you shouldn't be exercising. You know, ups and downs are expected on our journey, especially postpartum. Remember, healing is not linear. Progress is not linear. And we all have days, regardless of whether we're healing or not, where we feel really good and sometimes we feel really off. But that doesn't have to define our journey, right? And so many factors can be contributing to those symptoms. And so that's something that you know, it's, it's really good to get support on from either a certified coach or a pelvic floor physical therapist or an occupational therapist who specializes in pelvic health because we're going to be familiar with a lot of those different factors that can contribute and we can help you figure out what's causing it and help you make a little bit of sense of it so that way you can have a strategy that supports you through it. And so it's much better to get really curious and compassionate with yourself instead of overly critical or catastrophizing when you're experiencing these things. So if you need some help, I'm here to support you. If you want to schedule a strategy call, coaching call, I'd be happy to help you assess your tendencies to kind of figure out how you can make some adjustments, how you can build up your body's capacity to manage those symptoms better and minimize them. And in my program, I coach you through in a lot of different videos and help you be proactive in your pelvic health and your rehab so you can improve both the function of your core and your pelvic floor and then work towards the performance that you really want. So we just covered three to six months plus some additional tips on symptoms because I know that often comes up very early on and I want you to make sure you're, you're well versed in how to kind of navigate those as they come up. All right, now we are on six to nine months postpartum. So around six to nine months postpartum, usually we start to feel like our training becomes a little bit more familiar feeling again. It's kind of like we cross this threshold where time just plays its part. And we still have to keep in mind all those variables like we talked about, 
you know, any symptoms that we might be bumping up against, and any considerations that are also impacting our return to fitness, like breastfeeding, like sleep habits, like our nutrition. So all those factors are important. But here I want you to start focusing on increasing your consistency. If you're trying to return to high performance or of competition, start to increase the skills and demand that's required with a little bit lower reps. Because before we want to build our body's capacity more, so we want to kind of stay a little bit higher rep schemes, not super high volume, but just get our body familiar again and make sure that as we're building with the load and the weight, we're also building our form we can also start to do maybe a little bit more one rep maxes or higher load. And this is where we can also do a little bit more skills like Olympic lifting or more rucking and those kinds of things because our body has just been allowed the time to heal that it needs. Here we're probably, if we're a runner, pushing a little bit more distance and starting to push our limits again. Keep progressing incrementally over time, both our intensity, our impact, our volume, our load, Focus on the quality over quantity of our reps. As we get into a little bit more intensive targeted ab exercises, continue to focus on awareness of your function of your core, and that's gonna help with continuing to heal your diastasis here. So you can push yourself in this phase if you've built up that capacity. So make sure you've built a strong base first, and then this is when you can really start to kind of have the freedom again to push some limits. As we get into nine to 12 months postpartum, you may experience another sort of feeling of transition, like you've, you've crossed this threshold and are feeling a little bit more like yourself, especially if you have built that really solid foundation. And, you know, at this point, we're, I think, a little bit more adjusted to the lifestyle with a new baby. <laughs> and so continue to give yourself grace, but also celebrate how far you've come. Know that this is a time where you can prepare for performance, for fitness testing, for returning to competition, marathon, Ironman, whatever, you know, those things that you want to get back to. But also if you need a little bit more time and you're not quite where you hope to be or want to be, give yourself that grace too. And this is a time where it's really easy to start comparing our journey to others. And so I wanna bring this up too. Don't compare your journey to others because that honestly will just steal all the joy out of it for you. But also don't feel that pressure to compare to yourself either necessarily. You know, it's less about getting back to where we once were and more so how do I move forward into this with this new body, with this new version of who I am, and just carve out my new path. And if it looks like meeting a goal that we used to have before, I just encourage you to think about that doesn't have to be your limit. You can actually set an even higher goal maybe than what you did before. And if you've built a really strong foundation, I can tell you because multiple athletes that I've coached have said this too, they've built a base that's even stronger than they had before and they're busting their PRs from before. It's amazing to see. So it's 100% possible for you too, if you're intentional with your return. And again, it's important to keep in perspective, you're still early postpartum, nine to 12 months. And I know, you know, I'm here too, 11 months postpartum. Feels like forever in some ways, but it's a journey. And in the grand scheme of things, we are still early postpartum. Our body went through nine plus months of change and we're pretty much now, you know, nine, Plus months out. Think about all the change that's happened and all the change that has continued to happen since you give birth. All right, 12 plus months postpartum. So if we followed that kind of general timeline and we also adapt to what our individual needs are, you know, maybe we've had to slow down a little bit because we bumped into some of those symptoms. Maybe we are comfortable pushing ourselves more and challenging those limits a little bit more. Some may feel really great here, 
12 plus months postpartum. And others may have pretty significant restrictions that you're working through. Everyone's journey is their own. Don't compare yourself with others. Seek individual support from either a coach or a pelvic health specialist, and that can be truly integral to help you meet your goals and to navigate the challenges of your own journey. So wherever you are today on your postpartum fitness journey or preparing for your postpartum comeback, honor where you are, celebrate how far you've come, remember all that your body's done, trust all that it can and will do. Remember that you're not alone, you don't have to do any of this alone, you're going to get to where you want to be. So believe in that and I believe in you. All right, my friend, I will see you next time.